Today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Spotify Greenroom, which is the new name for the Locker Room app, by the way, and is the incredibly awesome live audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time by downloading the Spotify Greenroom app for free wherever you get your apps. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blackhawks. Seth Topol joined by the host of Locked On Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. And on today's episode of Locked On Wild, we're going to take a look at how the Blackhawks did this season. We'll also do the same for the Wild, and we'll look at some off-season objectives for both teams, trying to get ourselves more familiar with the, uh, the regular Central Division opponents now that things are going back that way uh, coming up here next season. Before we get there, though, today's episode brought to you by Locked On NHL, our daily podcast on everything happening in the NHL. You can subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recaps happening every day. Subscribe to Locked On NHL today wherever you get podcasts. Jack, my man, how's it going? It's been a busy day, Seth. Can't lie to you. I've had uh, numerous conversations because the Blackhawks find themselves in the middle of an absolute nightmare. Uh, but other than that, you know, it's been good. Can't complain. Got a good uh, game one of the Stanley Cup final night. Sat back, had a couple beers and watched. So no complaints on my end. Excellent. Now, y- you mentioned the the whirlwind going on, and I, I don't want to hang on that um, for too long. But just to kind of catch wild fans up, I mean, I'm sure there are people like me who are so focused on what was going on in the West Division that you know, we, we completely forget. And like that was how I set up our crossover was we went entire hockey season without there being any sort of wild Blackhawks discussion, which just seems just seems wrong. And so we're trying to bring that back. But yeah, as you mentioned, some controversy with the Blackhawks. Just get us up to speed on uh, what all has been going on. Oh, man, I don't even know where to start. Uh, Well, I guess it all began on May 12th. A report came out from WBEZ that a lawsuit had been filed against the Chicago Blackhawks by uh, a player on their 2010 Stanley Cup team saying that he had been sexually harassed and assaulted by uh, a member of the coaching staff who we found out to be in the past couple of weeks. It was Blackhawks video coach, Brad Aldrich. And the Blackhawks organization found out about this incident in 2010 before the Hawks went on to face the San Jose Sharks in the Western Conference final. Uh, Players on the team knew about it. Even players on the Philadelphia Flyers knew about it. Daniel Carcillo, who a former Blackhawk himself, but in 2010, he was a member of the Philadelphia Flyers and he said he heard about it. So everyone kind of knew about this situation and the Blackhawks swept it under the rug, basically tried to act like it didn't happen didn't file a police report, instead turned it around on the player, kind of made it seem like it was his fault, which is just so wrong in so many different ways. And basically what we found out the last couple of weeks is that uh, a billion-dollar professional sports organization has been having a huge sexual assault cover-up for the last 10 years, and it's all becoming made public. And 
Uh, another reason why, I mean, it's a tough thing to talk about, but one reason why I do want to mention it to Wild fans is because the media coverage about the situation has not been very good, Seth. Yeah. Like, for example, I was downtown with two of my buddies this weekend, both from Chicago. One of them's a pretty big hockey fan, the other not so much. But both are present on social media. They have Snapchat. They have Twitter. They have Instagram. They have Facebook. They're on it every day. Neither of them knew one thing about this situation. Wow. And yeah, so it's a it's a nightmare on many different levels. Not only the Blackhawks covering it up, but the NHL hasn't really done anything about it. Shocker! The NHL media is focusing on other things. Um, and also another bad part of the situation the Blackhawks by not filing a police report they just fired Aldrich didn't just basically let him go and and didn't put anything on his record or make uh make it warn to other higher uh other employment opportunities that this guy has done some sketchy things in the past and then he went on to work in a high school in Michigan and went on to sexually assault a 16 year old three years later <sighs> so yeah it, it's a really if if I'm Stan Bowman and the front office officials for the Blackhawks, I, I don't know how I can look look how, how do they look themselves in the mirror every morning, knowing that by not doing anything and trying to turn it around on this player, uh, they let Brad Aldrich go out into the world and do this to another person, and it, it's the whole front office has to go. I mean, everyone in Chicago is calling for it. Stan Bowman, not only is he the general manager of the Blackhawks still, he's been the general manager for the last 10 years, but this past season, they actually um, gave him a promotion. He became the senior uh, the, or the president of all hockey operations. And he's also the general manager of team USA, Seth. So um, not a good look here for the Blackhawks. They absolutely handled it so poorly. Uh, they also, re- after that first May state or that, report came out in May by WBEZ that a lawsuit was happening. The Blackhawks also in their first statement said they questioned the legitimacy of this, of this lawsuit. So yeah, it's bad on as many ways as you think it could be. It it was seriously the past week, Seth, it's been every day I wake up, it somehow got worse. It's a, it's a nightmare situation, man. Well, we'll obviously find out more because as these things typically do, there will be more and more and more that happens with it. And so that uh, that I think is enough to to give wild fans a little bit of a uh, little bit of a look as to what has been going on with uh, with this whole situation. And that's uh, that's pretty much where we'll leave it. Uh, Next up, we will move to. Just looking at how things went for the Blackhawks this past season, some names that Wild fans are familiar with, but also some new names that uh, that did some pretty good things. That is next here on our Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks crossover. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my conversation with Seth Tupal from Locked on Wild will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you quickly about Spotify Greenroom, which is the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and free to use. With Spotify Greenroom, you can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. I personally will be doing some episodes later on in the week. And you can also react to the biggest news, rumors, and trades with other people. All you need to do is download the Spotify Greenroom app for free in the iOS App Store or wherever you get your apps. Then you can create a a profile and link your Twitter to join a group 
and you'll be able to share your spiciest takes with the rest of the world. So be sure to check out Spotify Green Room for free to be part of the best audio-only social media platform for sports fans. I also need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like double chocolate, salted caramel, peanut butter, and now they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors they have, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are also soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Continuing our Locked On Wild, Locked On Blackhawks crossover with Jack Bushman, the host of Locked On Blackhawks. And Jack, let's get into the season for Chicago. Some names that Wild fans are familiar with, of course, uh, Patty Kane doing uh, Patty Kane things uh, pretty much all season. But uh, plenty of new names, as it seems like, at least from my perspective, that uh, the Blackhawks are, are trying to get a little younger. And so that had some uh, mixed results this year, I'm sure. Just just take us through the uh, the season for Chicago, which saw some ups, some downs, and uh, I'm sure plenty of things to uh, to take note of. Yeah, it really was kind of a roller coaster season. The Blackhawks got off to this unexpected start where through the first 30 games or so, they found themselves in a playoff spot. Uh, but a lot of that had to do with, A, their power play was ridiculous they were converting at like a 32 percent clip for through the first two months they just went on a tear to start the year that obviously is not sustainable unless you're the tampa bay lightning and just have superstars all over the place right but we're not <laughs> uh and then we also got some insane goaltending by one of those rookies uh that i need to mention kevin lankinen was outstanding for the blackhawks this season did fade a little bit towards the end but you know a, a rookie goaltender in his first nhl grind it's not all that surprising but in my opinion he was probably the rookie of the year for the Blackhawks. I, I thought night in and night out, not only did he play tremendously as a rookie, but he really impressed me with just his, his demeanor and his confidence. And he has all those like off the ice things that you're like, that that acts like a number one <laughs> goaltender. Like he just has that collectiveness and he's calm, win or loss, same, same demeanor in the locker room he's never too high after wins never too low after losses he understands that every game's different and you know some things are going to happen some nights and, and some nights um you're, you're going to be uh, at your best sometimes you're not basically but overall on the season Kevin Lankinen through the halfway point of the year he might have been the call the the call their trophy favorite obviously the second half that uh, was a little bit different as you know best yeah um but he was off to an incredible start through that first half and that really I think carried the Blackhawks because as we saw in the second half of the season, when they didn't get the same level of goaltending, those defensive holes and blunders, they became more apparent. And that that's really what cost this team. But overall, as a whole, I, I can't be too mad just because there were so many kids in and out of the lineup. There was no way to expect this team to, to be 
a playoff contender when it was all said and done. I think we had 11 or 12 guys make their NHL debut this season, and a lot wow. of them were on the back end. So um, it, it was an up-and-down year, but that's kind of what happens when you have those youngsters in the lineup. But a lot of them, I, I do believe, have some bright futures, and we saw them hopefully just kind of step onto the scene. As I said, Kevin Lankinen, uh, Brandon Hagel was a real big surprise for the Blackhawks. Many fans around the NHL probably don't even know who Brandon Hagel is, but he, he could be a, a sneaky up-and-comer for this team. He kind of has that uh, Andrew Shaw factor where he has a little bit of everything in him. And another guy that stood out to me was uh, Pia Suter, who came in and really played top-line center minutes for the Blackhawks this season because they were without Jonathan Taze. They're without Kirby Doc. He broke his wrist, unfortunately, at the World Juniors. So we were down our top six centers right off the bat and basically had to play a first-year player with Patrick Kane for the entire season. And I thought, for, for the most part, he, he did that job well. Face-offs, not so much, but that's also something that tends to happen with a first-year player. So really what it's about for the Blackhawks this season was just getting some guys some opportunities, figuring out what pieces of the puzzle they already have and what pieces of the puzzle they still kind of got to go out and get. You know, you can only have so much with your homegrown prospects, but you're going to need to make a splash to complete your team. And I think the Blackhawks are trying to figure out which kind, which splash is going to bring them up the most. And I think they found out that they really need a number one defenseman. So even though, you know, it, it didn't wind up being, uh, it was another year where the Blackhawks missed out on the playoffs. I still think what in looking in terms of the rebuild, we found out a lot. We, we figured out a lot about ourselves this season. Sure. And I think that's going to go a long way. And, uh, now dictating these next two years kind of, okay, what do we need still? And who do we know is going to be a piece potentially when this team or if this team can become very good again? Obviously, we've got the three big bullet points for the offseason, the expansion draft, well, unless you're Vegas, um, the NHL draft and free agency as well. Um, I've been trying to wrap my head almost daily around what's going to happen with the expansion draft because I'm still of the belief that uh, a lot of GMs are going to try to make something happen before the expansion draft just so that they don't leave things up to chance, and rightfully so. Um, in looking at the expansion draft, have you narrowed in on anybody that you would be okay with the Blackhawks losing, or do you have anybody that you think Seattle may be inclined to pick? The interesting thing for the Blackhawks, I think, is going to come down to what they're going to do with their defense because we're probably going to go the 7-3-1 route. That just makes the most sense for this team. I'm not really concerned about the forwards. Um, we may lose a bottom six guy, but that's that's not worst case scenario. It's going to come down to the defense, I think, for the Blackhawks. And I do think at the end of the day, the Kraken are going to take one of our defensemen. So one spot has to go to Duncan Keith. He has a full no movement clause. Have to protect him. The second for sure is going to Connor Murphy, who's been, in my opinion, our best best defenseman the last two years. The third spot is where it's the question mark because. Nikita Zadorov, who we acquired for Brandon Saad last offseason trade, just didn't look very good for Chicago this year. Big Z, they were hoping he was going to step in and play top four minutes on the left side next to one of our young defensemen. And he was just really anything but reliable in his own zone. He was a turnover junkie. He can hit and he can protect the net well, but anytime the puck hits his stick, it's a disaster. Ooh. And the Blackhawks kind of got to figure out what they're going to do with him because he's also due for 
Uh, he's trying to get a raise, at least. He's uh, an RFA this summer. So that kind of hearing that he's asking for a raise and he's going to, he's trying to ask for about five and a half million dollars, which after what I saw this year, there's no way in hell the Blackhawks should give him that number. I think they're probably going to leave Nikita Zadorov. They're not going to protect him. And I think they're going to protect instead one of the young defensemen they just acquired from the Florida Panthers at the trade deadline this year, Riley Stillman, who kind of plays a similar game that Zadorov does. He's got some size, more of a defensive defenseman, good as zone zone, not going to do much offensively, but that's not why he's there. So because those two are so similar and the Blackhawks just went out and traded for Riley Stillman, I think they might leave Nikita Zadorov un- unprotected when it comes to the Seattle expansion draft. And then uh, Seattle's if they do want, want a defenseman, they're going to have a choice between Nikita Zadorov and, and Calvin DeHaan, although I do think they're, they're probably more inclined to go with Zadorov just because he's younger, less injury-prone. Um, I think Nikita Zadorov might be, might be the odd man out here in Chicago as I've been looking at it the last couple of weeks, Seth. Okay. Um, just quickly before we finish up by letting you ask me uh, some wild stuff for your audience, um, for agency in the drafts, any any spot really in particular that you've zeroed in on that you'd like to see this team really improve? Uh, the, sec- the secret's out. We need a number one defenseman. I think that's the biggest need for the Blackhawks right now. Uh, I talked about Connor Murphy a moment ago. He's, in my opinion, been our best defenseman the last two years. Still probably closer to a number two or a really good number three. If you look at teams that win the Stanley Cup, you got depth and size on defense. And Connor Murphy might be even closer to a number three than he is a number two. Duncan Keith's not getting any younger. Uh, he's going to be 38 this season. He He's led the Blackhawks in time on ice in all 16 years he's been here. Rookie season, let him in time on ice. Last wow. year, let him on time on ice. That trend has to end if the Blackhawks want to go in a different direction in this rebuild. So. That's that's the biggest need, I, I believe, is we got to figure out. The problem is we've we've invested a lot in drafting these defensemen, but none of them really look like they could be number one guys. They're not that staple on defense either, or, or you know, better at their offensive game and just not that reliable number one that you kind of need to win in the playoffs. So I, I've been kind of interested to see the talk with Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones. Um, I don't know if that's where the Blackhawks are going to go. And I don't even know if, uh, well, I guess for Dougie Hamilton, he would be a free agent. Seth Jones would have to be traded. But even then, if the Blackhawks were to trade for Seth Jones, he'd probably have to sign on a contract. And knowing what we know about the Blackhawks organization right now, I don't know if either of them want to go that route. So um, it may be a little wishful to be talking about those guys, (laughs) but it's still clear that this team needs a number one defenseman. And uh, if they don't get it this offseason, they're going to have to get it real soon. Well, tell you what, let's uh, let's finish up here today by letting you ask me some wild questions. I'm, of course, an open book. And so uh, we'll finish up our Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks crossover next. All right, this crossover episode with Locked on Wild will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Major League Baseball is in the thick of their season. The NBA and NHL playoffs are winding down. UFC 
is in full swing all year round, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info with Bet Online. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's also free to sign up. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And be sure to use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your fifth on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Final segment of our Locked on Wild, Locked on Blackhawks crossover. Seth Topol joined by Jack Bushman, the host of Locked on Blackhawks. And Jack, as I promised, I'm going to let you now ask some Wild-related questions uh, for your audience. Um, open book, whatever, uh, whatever you want to know about this year's Wild team and beyond. Uh, hit me with it. Yeah, so as you touched on earlier, the first thing I wanted to talk about... Um, with the Blackhawks and Wild not being in the same division, it was just kind of strange to not really have any updates about what was going on other than the standings and looking at the final score on the NHL app, you know. Um, and what made it tough was with the Wild being in the West, I don't think a lot of Chicago people watched a lot of Minnesota Wild games this season because they just started so late. So really what I wanted to know is um, every time I went on Twitter and I saw anything about the Minnesota Wild, it was about, Kirill Kaprizov and him just going bananas. And I saw a ton of his highlights and I know it was really his show in Minnesota this season, but what was, it couldn't have just been all him. Like what was really the key to Minnesota kind of surprising everyone and uh, getting a, a, having a really successful season out in a a tougher top heavy uh, Western division. Like who else played well besides him? Well, that's, it's a great question, first off, and I'll start with a spot that I think was the biggest weakness other than scoring for this team heading into this past season, and that was goaltending. We got to go through an entire season of Alex Stalock and Devin Dubnik, and it was statistically one of the worst goalie combos in the entire NHL, and somehow they still found a way to win in the, uh, the play-in round and get to the actual um, Expanded playoffs last year, despite Devin Dubnik doing his best to make sure that that didn't happen. (laughs) So they go out and they get Cam Talbot. And people coming into the season were like, okay, there are better options out there. And Talbot was the first one to sign. And I myself was a little skeptical as to the fit. But somehow, Bill Guerin pointed uh, or identified some areas in Talbot's game that this wild defense could mask or could help him with. And you look at Talbot, you look at Kakinen, immeasurably better than what we got uh, in the crease last year. And so that was a huge reason as to why this team um, did as well as they did. I mean, that was a reason that this uh, Vegas playoff series went to seven games is because Talbot stole three of them himself. And that's just not something that this team has had it's always felt like if they can get average goaltending that they can be a really good team. And they got, you know, they were within the top half of the league in goaltending this past year. And so that was a huge portion as to why um, this team did as well as they did. But then they found balance on offense too. So you had Kirill Kaprizov, who obviously injected 
life into this offense as a guy that could take over a game and could win one when nobody else is really doing anything. But you had Jewel Erickson Eck go nuts and add offense to his game. Kevin Fiala, despite really not having two other good players on his line the entire season. He's sick. He's sick. He, yeah, he just went nuts. And honestly, like I'm toying with the idea, and I think it's something that I really want to see happen, of him and Kaprizov being put on the same line with a really good center and just just make people sweat it out. But we'll, we'll see if that happens. But Fiala was good. Erickson Eck was great. You had guys on the fourth line that were contributing all season. Nico Sturm, one of my favorite players, um, had just an amazing year. And it just, anytime it seemed like they were out of a game, um, the, the Vegas game at the end of the season that they won six to five in regulation is a great example. They were down by one within like, they were down by one and I think there were two minutes left in the game. And Kaprizov gets the game tying and the game winning goal in a span of like 30 seconds. And they just, they go from this team that is just so grit and grind. And so let's win two to one to a team that, hey, we can win six to five. We can win seven to four. And it just, it was so refreshing because I, of the offense and the defensive side of things, people who love to see a little bit more of a defensive style, people who love to see offense, I am all in on the offense. <laughs> give me, give me yeah. that Chiefs Rams Monday Night Football game. Give me the Super Bowl between New England and Philly. Like I want the points. I want all of the points. So to see that finally happen this year was just amazing. And I also wanted to 